Welcome to the Caution Flag Contemplations Podcast. I'm your host, Casper the Ghost. Come dive in and listen to me dissect any and all dirt, NASCAR news, or nonsense after the yellow flag flies. As a reminder, this show is for race fans by race fans. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Alright race fans, welcome to the Asphalt Affairs. This is the section of the Caution Flag Contemplations Podcast where we're going to talk about all things NASCAR. No dirt, except for Bristol. This is going to be the asphalt racing. This is for those of you that don't care nothing about real racing over on the dirt track. Sit back, relax, enjoy the show. Alright guys, so we started off the week at Daytona with qualifying on Wednesday night on Fox Sports 1. Oh yeah, it's a great way to start the week. Not, <clears throat> sorry, uh, we're here 13 seconds in and I'm, I'm going to have to go on a little rant. I do apologize, but I don't apologize that much, okay? In fact, I just don't apologize at all. This is some stupid crap, but we're going to have to talk about this. Okay, listen, so... You know, NASCAR, NASCAR used to come to Daytona uh, January and February. They used to do a test, like, what, a month before the 500, you know, be down there for a week, you know, and they brought all those cars with just primered cars with numbers, test cars, and test bodies, and yada, 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 and everybody knew what they had before the race started, and it was a great time, and, uh, you know, then they would come back you know getting to speed weeks for 500 and they they practice on friday and then you would have the <clears throat> bud shootout or the bush clash whatever you want to call it when i was growing up it was the bud shootout which was for pole winners only uh on saturday night followed by by the daytona pole qualifying to set the front row on sunday um you know and that was sunday afternoon two laps one car, two laps. It took forever. It took like literally three and a half, four hours to do that. Okay. Um, but I miss it. But here's the thing. So this year, um, we decided we don't need testing, obviously, because we don't test anymore because that costs money. Um, we decided that we don't need practice because, you know, you only need practice after you've already set the lineup for the race. So definitely didn't need to do that. So we just went straight in on Wednesday, unloaded cars Wednesday morning. You know, we, we parked the cars on Tuesday night, the, the trucks, you know, we, uh, we rolled the cars out of the trucks, you know, Wednesday morning and, uh, you know, kind of unloaded them and took them straight to the grid for qualifying. So, uh, you know, that worked out really well. No issues at all for NASCAR. Um, okay. I'm, I'm not lying. I'm, I'm not going to say guys, there was a bunch of issues. It's a bunch of bullshit. Who in the hell thinks it's okay to come to Daytona, unload the car off the trailer, no practice, no nothing, tell them you go as fast as you can, don't lift, um, but if your car bottoms out or it doesn't crank or you have an electrical issue or your fuel pump screwed or, you know, you have your setup wrong or whatever, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you, you basically, if you can't get it right when you leave the shop, you don't deserve to be in the race. That's what NASCAR told everybody this year. Um... You had two cars there uh, that did have issues. 
Uh, the 50 of Connor Daly, they had some kind of issue. They couldn't even make a lap. Okay, couldn't even make a lap um, on Wednesday night in qualifying because, you know, their car was broke like an hour and a half before qualifying. And since we didn't test it all, you know, Wednesday morning or Tuesday, uh, they had no idea and didn't have time to fix it. So, um, you know, one of those things, if we had had practice 9 o'clock in the morning, probably would have been good to go for qualifying. But, you know, practice is overrated, so why would we do such a thing, right? You know, I mean, I completely understand. So, um, you know, good job. Uh, other than that, <laughs> this might have been the highlight. We pulled the first car out on the track. It was the uh, the third. Was it the 13? Yeah, 13 of, um, I think it's Zane Smith driving the Collard car. No, I'm sorry, Chandler Smith driving the Collard car. Uh, and the 13 pulls out on the track. First car on the track and like, dies going down the back stretch. Like, what in the heck? <sighs> NASCAR, if you're not embarrassed by that situation, first of all, you should be. Second of all, if you're not embarrassed by that, you know, I don't know what it would take to embarrass you. So, uh, my point is, you know, with practice, they probably wouldn't have had an issue like that. But, you know, we didn't want to practice because that's overrated. So, you know, let's just let them pull out on the track and make us look like a bunch of dumbasses on national TV. Yeah, practice. Do we don't need practice? Listen, Alan Iverson said it best. We talking about practice. Who even cares about practice, man? Who cares? Right? Okay. All right. Next year, NASCAR. I expect practice before qualifying for the Daytona 500. If not, I might boycott the whole weekend. Okay, like it's this ridiculous. I'm sorry, you don't have to do it every week. I get it, but this is the Daytona 500. This is the biggest race of the year, television-wise, for you guys. This is your Super Bowl on TV. So why would you not at least, daggum, you know, try to do the best for these guys? They come out here and have a fair shot to make it. There's only 42 entries, and I know 40 get in, but. I mean, how do we ever expect, you know, anybody to try this and make it, you know, if they can't even practice? <sighs> it's ridiculous. Okay, I'm done now. So, anyways, no practice. We go into qualifying. Like I said, um, Chandler Smith there comes out in the 13 car. Uh, can't get her cranked up going down the road. Um, you know, uh, he ended up getting a lap in. It was a 51. It was the slowest time posted because he only got like a half lap to get up to speed or whatever. So, um, car got heated up and it just, you know, it is what it is. But feel bad for them guys that didn't get to practice so they didn't get a fair shot at qualifying. I really do feel bad for those guys. Um, Connor Daly and his issue, he ended up making it in, which we're going to talk about later. But, you know, I still feel bad for them because that just ruins their entire race weekend. So, uh, we got that going on. All right, uh, qualifying. We come into qualifying. Obviously, the biggest thing we're trying to see is who can lock in on speed. And I, and I mean, quite frankly, the biggest question I think is, does Jimmy Johnson lock in on speed? You know, we don't have past champions provisionals because we only have two open or four open cars now, and uh, you know, we have charters and yada yada yada. Um, so there was potential, technically that Jimmy Johnson was not going to make the Daytona 500. Uh, they would have fixed it for him to make it. But obviously, like, there is potential for him to not make it, okay? Which I think is ridiculous. I, I was This is another hard stance I've got today. I was telling one of my buddies today about it. Like, 
How bad of a look is it for NASCAR if Jimmy Johnson like makes this announcement he's going to come back and run the Daytona 500, and then he misses? Like, <laughs> and he's not on the track. Like, what kind of embarrassment is that for your sport? I mean, I think we should go back to having champions provisional. You heard it here first, guys. Like, I'm not talking about letting them in every race. Make it like five a year, right? So you get you can have five champions provisionals a year, okay? Add three more open cars. Don't pay them as much money because they're not chartered. But give these teams... And then, and then open it up to where... Hey, if Rick Hendrick wants to run five cars... Okay, fine. It's an open car. There's no point. It doesn't make that good of money. But if you got a driver that wants to drive it, go for it. You can get a Jimmy Johnson. You can get a Jeff Gordon. You can get a Dale Earnhardt. Okay? That's half the reason that Dale Earnhardt has to run Xfinity right now. I know he says he likes the cars better and all that. But he can't run Cup right now. Because there's nobody with a car to put him in. You can't you can't have more than four in there. Four full. So why don't we add three more open spots. Don't pay him jack squat for being in the race. Okay? But, you know, let them do it if that's what they want to do. For the sponsorship. For your own airtime. To get guys experience. I think that would be a great idea to add three more open spots to the race and not pay them. I know the teams need the money. The ones that have the charters. The charters should be worth something. So just, I mean, you have to pay them a little bit. But, you know. Make it, you know, 25% on what the rest of them would make because they're chartered. That's fine. I, w- I would imagine, I mean, you know, if you got these guys that have money and sponsors like Jimmy or Gordon or, you know, what if like a Carl Edwards wants to come back? What if Greg Biffle wants to come back again? Like he came back and ran some last year, but, you know, like just, you know, Let's have more open cars. I'm not saying all those guys are good professionals. I know they're not past champions. But listen, just let's have more open cars in general. I think that it's better for the sport to have open cars and let people try it in the long run. So, <sighs> anyways, we go into qualifying. We're wanting to see who gets locked in on speed. Jimmy Johnson comes out as soon as he qualified. I think he was the second of the, um, you know, on speed cars to go and he blistered it and you're like oh yeah he's definitely in um jimmy ended up overall he ended up 23rd but when he went i believe he's like 12th and you knew he was pretty well in so um that's you know that's pretty cool thing uh I I definitely wanted Jimmy to be locked in. We didn't want to go into the duels on Thursday wondering if Jimmy was going to get in in case, you know, he wrecked or whatever. Like, that would be terrible. That's not what anybody wanted to see, right? So, it was cool to see Jimmy go out, run a good lap, get himself locked in. Um, Definitely worth seeing. So, um, you had that. And then the other one that locked in on time was Travis Pastrana, which, you know, I guess... I was, I guess, honestly, I was surprised. I would like to sit here and tell you, I thought he, he yeah, I know he's gonna make it, but uh, give credit to Denny and everybody over there at twenty three eleven. But they spend the money, they build the cars, and they gave him a good car, and he held it wide open and did what he had to do. So, um, congratulations to those guys for also getting locked in on time. I wasn't sure if that was gonna happen because Travis Pastrana was one of those people. It's like he's raced NASCAR, he's raced at super speedways, but it's been a while, like. You sure you don't want this man to practice? <laughs> Are you sure? Uh, again, new team, new car. They they've never raced that sixty-seven car before, so yeah, definitely nerve-wracking for them, right? Like, just have to come in and qualify. Like, it's that's stupid. So, 
glad he made it. So on speed there, you you know, first round of qualifying, we knew Pastrana and Jimmy were locked in on speed, and everybody was happy. Like, that's who we wanted locked in. For the storylines, that's who we needed in the race. I'm sorry to the guys that missed, but that's just the truth of the matter. For the storylines, that's who we needed in the race. So those guys get locked in, right? Um, worked out good. So um, other than that, round one of qualifying, there's a couple notables here. Um, Chase Elliott missed it. He was the only Hendrick car that missed uh, the second round. He qualified 14th. Um Bubba Wallace was the fastest Toyota qualified in 11th. Did not necessarily see that coming. Uh, I know that they have said that Toyotas are going to race better. They didn't have the as good of a drag number um, as everybody else did, so it wasn't a surprise, I guess, for them to be slow. But, um, again, 23-11. Okay, you guys got Pastrana in, uh, but Bubba also got in. I mean, that's that's pretty good, so... Um, he, but he didn't make the top 10. Like that's, he was fast. It was cool that Bubba was the fastest car, but he wasn't in the top 10, right? Like it's kind of sad. I'm pretty sure that Toyota didn't want to miss, you know, the entire, uh, <laughs> second round of qualifying, but they did. So, uh, that was rough. So after round one, uh, I don't know if you guys all watched it. If you didn't watch it when Alex Bowman came out. You're like, oh my God, they're going to do it again. Uh, he did win round one with a time of 49.717, average speed of 181 miles an hour, uh, like .025. Like, that's, you know, it's whatever. So he had a 49.71, and then he comes out in round two. Like, at the end of round two, because he's the last one to go. And, like, he absolutely, like, Kyle Larson had run that good lap in round two, and you're like, oh, my goodness. He is about to just, like, Kyle, good job. You beat Alex. And then Alex comes out, and I don't know what they're doing to Alex's cars for qualifying. I really don't. But, I mean, he absolutely just smoked them. Like, when they were showing that ghost car, which I think is really cool for qualifying, by the way. I don't like it in general, like, during the race, but for qualifying, it's pretty cool. Uh you know, Bowman just came out and smoked him. There's no, I mean, it was a big, big gap, big gap. Uh, Bowman ended up getting the pole by like uh, 15, hmm, basically almost two tenths. So, you know, that's, that's pretty good, man. Like, good job, Alex. Um, good job, team. Good job, Hendrick and everybody. You also put Kyle Larson in second, you know. I mean, that's also impressive. Like, front row again. Um I, you know, I'm a Hendrick and a Chevy guy, so I knew they were going to be there because they do it every year, right? Like, I mean, shoot, I already knew that. So, it is what it is. Um, other than that, for, as far as the qualifying results go, just on the run down there, the only other note I have there, you had 300 cars, one through three. Chase was sitting outside, like I said, in 14th. A little bit of a surprise. A little bit of a surprise. Um... But you just imagine they set that car up to race, and uh, it looked like his car kind of like pushed just a little bit on some of the bumps. I think in one and two, but um, I'm not exactly sure. I can't remember which end of the track it was on, but I do remember watching that on his lap. So I guess that's what happened. But as far as the ones that were in the top ten there, Bowman, Larson, Byron. There you go. Top three, Hendrick. 
Not just the front row, the top three. That's pretty awesome for them. Good job to all those guys down in the motor shop. All right. You go after that. There's a lot of Fords there in a row. Uh, fourth through ninth is Fords. Okay. Um, you know, that's pretty wild. Uh, Joey, Ryan, Austin, Cedric, Burton. Those are all four Penske prepared cars that all made it into that round and, you know, all are in the top 10. So. Um, clearly Penske didn't come to play any games either, but they just didn't quite have enough. I guess, you know, the boys down there at Hendrick had theirs cheated up just a little bit better. So, you know, but we do have to give solid kudos to Penske for being up there. Um, your 10th place qualifier. <laughs> yeah, rowdy. Guys, Kyle Bush tried something uh, there coming down the back stretch. He dropped below the yellow line. Pulled a draft off of whoever that was that was in front of him. I think it was Cendric. I think, but don't quote me on that. I think that's who it was. It doesn't really matter who it was, but whoever it was that was rolling down the backstretch in front of him, he just pulled up behind him, like trying to catch a draft off of him, and, you know, went below the yellow line and came whipping up around him. And uh, <clears throat> it was funny because I had seen that in the first round of qualifying. I was like, why had nobody tried that? But apparently that's not legal uh, because, you know, he was – racing below the double yellow line i thought that the rule for the double yellow line as they used to always explain it was um you can't go below the double yellow line to advance your position like you couldn't go down there to pass somebody you could go down there you couldn't go down there to pass somebody so you know to enforce that and qualifying it's whatever i mean i guess the rule should be the rule all the time but honestly it's just a stupid rule so let's get rid of it. Like, why do we care? And, and you know, I, I was having an argument with uh, my dad, and he's like, well, or maybe well, my dad, it might have been somebody at work, I can't remember, somebody this week. Like, well, you know, we can't get rid of the WL fine because they'll drive five or six wide down the tor turn at Daytona and wreck the whole field. Well, they're probably going to wreck the whole field anyways. I don't see why it matters. If they can't be adults and figure out how to get in there and not wreck, I mean, I'm okay without the rule. I think Kyle Busch got screwed because I don't feel like that should be a rule for qualifying. Um, maybe I'm just a little bit Kyle sympathetic because of all his nonsense and the fact that y'all hate him even more now because he's a gun owner. Um, by the way, Kyle, as far as the gun thing goes, I don't care that you had a gun in Mexico. The only thing I do care about is why are we carrying it like a, a 30, what is it, a 380? Come on, dude. Let's get something a little bigger than that. Like, 1911 let's go for a 1911 get you something at 45 son okay make sure when you shoot somebody it does something all right um that was my disappointment was that it was a 380 okay that that was my disappointment with you kyle other than that i'm proud of you son keep on doing what you're doing but uh so kyle kind of got screwed by nascar when he got his time disallowed there it is what it is i guess i i can see how you can call it racing i just think it's interesting like we've never seen that in qualifying before and I would really like to go back and see if this happened. Anybody's ever been called for being below the WL line of qualifying. But, hey, if nothing else, Kyle, good job making NASCAR make a rule. So, good job on that one. But um, other than that, so that's the top ten. Kind of the rest of the rundown uh, that I wanted to point out there. Obviously, you know, we already talked about the Toyota situation. Jimmy got locked in, um, you know. I was a little bit surprised, guys, at how slow the college cars were. I, I really thought maybe they were going to be better. You had AJ, 
and 30th, Justin Haley in 31st. I really thought they'd be better. I was also surprised that with speed Austin Dillon, 33rd. I mean, Kyle Busch, you know, his teammate was in the second round in the top 10, and Dillon's in 33rd. That was a big surprise. Um, I don't know exactly what happened there, but it is interesting to kind of see the disparity there. So that was the rundown. We made it through qualifying. Uh, like I said, Chandler Smith, first one out, had some issues, dead last. So he knows that he's got to go and race. Connor Daly didn't even get to turn a lap. So he knows he's got to go into the duels and race. So um, that pretty much summed up qualifying. We kind of knew that what we were watching there was going to be, you know, who's going to get the spots. And it was going to come down to uh, Daly, Chandler Smith, Austin Hill. And uh, the other one that had to race in was. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. It's Austin Hills, uh, Connor Daly, Zane Smith, and uh, <coughs> Chandler Smith. Those are the ones that had to race in, guys. And um, so we knew that's where we we're headed. That's what we we're going to watch. We're going into the duels. Uh, we line them up. First duel. I'm like, all right, let's go. It's race time. Yeah, baby, let's do this thing. I was pretty excited, okay, for Thursday night. I really was. Um, <clears throat> you know, I was pretty well pumped up. And then uh, to get the thing started, and they ran the whole thing green, I was like, all right. <laughs> well, this might not be as tough as I thought it was. Um, you know, the <clears throat> it was pretty much like, you know, a single file line there for like the first 20 laps. Um, Bowman dropped to the back there. He tried He tried it and he lost the draft. I mean, he went to the back clearly to, you know, keep his car intact. He lost the draft. I don't know that he was trying to do, be that slow. But uh, I thought it was interesting as it was. Side note on that, I was going to, you know, throw out there. Again, concept, why do we even make those guys that are already on the front row race? I don't, I don't see the point in it. <clears throat> When I go to the dirt track and we lock somebody in on qualifying to their starting spot, we don't make them race a heat race. Like, it's pointless for them to be out there. So, honestly, next year, let's go ahead and lock in the front row and let's just tell them, hey, you don't have to go out there. You don't even have to. You can if you want to, but you don't have to. You know, for, for some reason, they want to go race the, the duel and win it, let them. But if they don't want to, don't make them. Um, I know that that's probably not what their sponsors want to hear, but by God, their sponsors are already on the front row of the Daytona 500. They got what they needed, right? So, <clears throat> you know, in fact, what they should do is, you know, if they don't race them, have them come sit in the broadcast booth. That, that's a, a fantastic idea for their respective duels, inside row and outside row. That'd be perfect. So, y'all heard it here first, Fox. You're welcome to steal that one. So, um, so Bowman went back there, he ended up finishing like three or four laps down. But I I was kind of, I did notice on that. He wasn't really trying to lose the draft, I don't think. I noticed throughout the night that these cars, and I remember this from last year too, these cars, you can lose the draft in these cars pretty quick, even compared to the other cars. And like, it's not like some one person can kind of lag back and bring you back. Like if you're gone, you're gone. There's no getting back in it. So I don't know if that's just because they punch a bigger hole or what, but. Um, we're definitely going to be watching that come Sunday. We will see how many other guys lose the draft that we're just trying to drop to the back. And, you know, it could be interesting. I think these guys might run some green flag laps on Sunday. So 
you know, definitely something to kind of watch is like who falls off the back, even though they weren't really trying to fall off the back. So, uh, other than that, uh, Chevrolet was the first team to pit as far as manufacturers go. All the Chevys pitted lap 23 out of 60. Um, I was kind of like, okay, well, I mean, it seems kind of early to me, but whatever you guys want to try, they got in there. Uh, the 47 and the 13 both sped on pit road. Ricky Stenhouse and Chandler Smith, unfortunately. Uh, Chandler Smith is the same Chandler Smith that needed to get in, had to race his way in. You had to feel bad for him at this point. I know that his spotter uh, was screaming and hollering at him, don't speed, don't speed, don't speed. Brett's like, no, don't do it. Oh, my God, I told him to not to speed. <laughs> what are you doing? I know that's what Brett Griffin was thinking. I know he went to the barn, had some fireball shots, but... um. Felt bad for them about that, but that's how it happened. But you're like, well, all you need is a caution. You get back in it, and then, then we ran the whole thing with no cautions. Um, so that that pe- speeding penalty for the 13 on, you know, lap 23 really basically ended his duel. Um, Forge and Toyota's pitted lap 31 out of 60. Uh, Ty Gibbs lost the draft kind of like right before they were pitting, and then after that. He, he he sped on pit road <laughs> and you're like dang <laughs> that's a rough little turnaround but um you know i, th- I said last week when i was kind of going through expectations for the year i think ty gibbs is going to win the rookie of the year but is he still is going to be a rookie and he's got some learning to do so definitely rough for him on that one he had a little bit of a rough race after that um closer to the end there like after uh, I'm sorry, right after the uh, the pits, stuff there, the Ford pack was just, it wasn't organized at all. And I was like, huh, maybe the Chevy's got a chance. Because they talked about how much time, you know, before the Fords pitted, how much time they gained on the Chevy pack. And then right after it, they kind of fallen apart. But they were able to regroup. So uh, definitely hats off to Ford for being able to run that deal. Um on their schedule and you know get their guys to cooperate uh and then be able to pack back up even if they got a little bit spread out i was surprised and impressed by that obviously i'm not a ford guy but credit where credit's due so good job to that one um and i mean guys from then on the chevy's just never caught up uh they never never were able to catch it the four guys pretty well rode in line to like five to go um then they started dicing and slicing a little bit uh, which was interesting to watch and you know joey's up there doing joey stuff joey's like i'm not losing this thing you know he didn't want to be the leader you know he didn't want to be the leader but somehow he was and somehow he came out the winner but um you know it was definitely racy up there one of the cars that i really noticed that looked good in race trim up there was chris busher uh, i felt like some of his pushes some of his moves darts and Darts and shimmies looked pretty solid, so I would recommend that you guys, you know, maybe keep your eye on old Chris Busher in the Daytona 500. That, you know, I think he's a pretty good plate racer. Um, he's won some plate races in the Xfinity Series, I believe, and I'm not sure about Daytona. I'm pretty sure at Talladega. I, I kind of think he won a Daytona, too, but I don't have the stats in front of me. Either way, he's a pretty good plate racer, and I think that, you know, the whole Fenway Keselowski... Roush Fenway Keselowski racing there. I feel like 
you know, they're probably going to have their stuff a little bit more together this year. I feel like last year they kind of were slow getting out of the gate, and they should kind of have it together. So I will say, after watching that first duel, keep your eye on Chris Busher. He looks like he's going to make some really solid moves um, for that goes. Um, all right, so on to the second duel. Uh, Joey won the first duel. It is what it is. I would love to sit here and tell you all that I love Joey Logano. He's a great driver, yada, yada, yada. Guess what? I hate Joey Logano, but I have to admit, he has turned himself into a super speedway stud. There's no way around that. You can hate as much as you want, but you can't deny truth. It, it, you know, Facts don't care about your feelings. And uh, the fact that Joey Logano is turning into a super speedway stud, you know, it just it is what it is. So good job to them. He's going to be tough to beat on Sunday. That. I 100% will be in the, the running. So, it's what it is. Uh, other than that, through the rundown there for the first duel, uh, not a whole lot to note. Uh, Zane Smith, who had to race in, he was the one that raced his way in. And then uh, Chandler Smith, obviously, was the one that missed after he sped on pit road. Zane Smith raced in and finished eighth. But, I mean, to be honest, all he had to do was finish eighth was, you know, stay with his four teammates. So, he didn't really have to try that hard. <clears throat> not knocking his aim, I'm just telling you how it is. So, um, but that worked out good for him. So, uh, moving on to the second one. Uh, we had a caution. And we get this thing fired up. Lap nine, caution, because Justin Haley had his window came flying out of the car. And I was like, oh, what the heck? Um, you know, they had some guys pitted there, some didn't. Um, some guys like topped up for gas at the end of that and they were like we're going the whole way um and you know just kind of ended up being what it was um and they kind of just rode for a little bit i think everybody was saving fuel basically trying to think about stretching it to the end because the amount of caution they'd had um <clears throat> and then daniel suarez you know we get to like 19 to go and daniel suarez is pushing kyle bush down the back stretch they're leading and you know suarez can't drive in a straight line he's like left to right right to left left to right right to left and then when he's come back on a right to left he absolutely just turns old kfb straight in the wall head on and you're like what hey what are you doing oh my gosh guys i don't know if i can take another year daniel suarez wrecking people because he can't he, he just too aggressive guys like i i think he wants to win but you can't win that race with 19 to go. If you're in second at Daytona, you're supposed to ride. Like, you are supposed to ride, right? Like, you ride, and then you ride some more, and then you ride again, and then you ride, and then you ride, and then you ride, and then you ride, and then you come off turn four, and then you try to make a move. But no, 19 to go, coming down the back stretch, you turn Kyle Busch because he's being too aggressive coming across his bumper. It, it's disgusting. I feel bad for Kyle. Kyle handled himself pretty well in the interview. Um, you know, that's not always expected out of him, but I, I, the reason I feel bad for Kyle is I think Kyle Mata was going to have a car that could maybe win the race, you know, um, and that's, that's definitely what he wanted, obviously. And I think that, you know, it's disappointing for him. I, I don't, don't think that he expected that his car to be as good as it was necessarily knowing that he was coming from Gibbs over there. So, um, I, but they, I think they had him a car that was capable of winning and, you know, it sucked for him that it got tore up because Daniel Suarez wants to be a jackass. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, Kyle, you owe him one. Um, and to all the rest of the field out there, if Daniel Suarez does something dumb, wreck him for the rest of the year. Like, it's 
it's we're it's too many years. I know Trackhouse just signed to a, an extension. You know, I know I'm becoming the negative Trackhouse guy because I said that uh, Ross Chastain's gonna be the biggest disappointment of 2023, and now I'm saying that why the heck did you guys resign Daniel Suarez? But it is what it is. He can't drive, never will be able to drive. Sorry, Daniel. Um, so that happens with 19 to go. So then, you know, they're doing the cleanup and all that. We're coming down pit road <laughs> to get the gas that we got to have to get to end the race. <laughs> and Suarez missed his pit box. Guys, not only did he wreck the leader, then he comes down pit road and misses the pit box. Like 100% just didn't even think about turning into it. I don't know if I blame the spotter, crew chief, whatever, or him, but I'm sure there's a little bit of blame to be shared for missing the pit box, but like, what an embarrassment. First you turn a leader, then you come down, miss your pit box, and basically end up coming out last. Like, you know, good job there, bud. Um, you deserve everything you're getting. Um, after that, we restarted, I think, you know, like 13, 14, guess, something like that, maybe 16. And, um, you know, it, it was pretty calm until like the last five laps. And I really thought the last five laps, just watch them slice and dice up there. I really thought somebody was going to wreck. But um, they didn't. I'm glad they didn't. We didn't want to tear stuff up. I know nobody wanted to go to, to uh, backup cars. Although they would have had two practice sessions to work on them. So I don't know why it would have been that big of a deal. But um, <clears throat> we won't go back down that road again. Um, so uh, Eric Amarola ends up getting the win. Uh, those guys up there. Had a little bit of a race going on. It wasn't like the bestest of the bestest, but there was a little bit of race going on. And um, like I said, Eric Amarola came out with the win. Wouldn't have predicted that one. Austin Cendrick in second. Probably would have predicted that because those Penske cars are pretty hot, and I think Austin Cendrick's a fairly good driver. Chase Elliott came out third. Uh, hoping, you know, as a Chase fan, I do have I buy the I buy the t-shirts and I buy the hats. As a Chase fan, I'm hoping the fact that he came out third means that his car is going to race pretty good on Sunday. They didn't qualify up there with the rest of their teammates, but they did run good. So, um, you know, that's pretty cool for them. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I hope it runs good. He hasn't really done much at Daytona to impress me. So, um, you know, hoping that that might change this year. Other than that, the other notable, again, I talked about Chris Buescher and his RFK car looking pretty good. You have Dan, uh, Brad Keselowski. You know, he ended up finishing fourth in his duel. I know that that's, it's probably dumb to say it's a good run, but that's a good run. Brad struggled last year. Let's just call it what it is. They struggled, but he looked, you know, pretty decent. So maybe they've got a chance. Maybe they're starting to get their stuff figured out, like I said. So I hope so. Um, I don't, I'm not like a Brad Keselowski diehard or anything, but I think that when he's good, it's good to have more drivers, you know, competing. And I think he's the driver that's going to compete. If he's in competitive equipment, because he's pretty talented, so uh, pretty pumped about that for him. So um, good job. Uh, other than that, duel number two. The only other notables there: Ryan Priest. All right, top ten. Even though it's a duel, top ten. He took tenth. Good job, Ryan. Ain't seen you in a while. And then seventeenth, uh, Connor Daly, who ended up like wrecking his car. Him and Austin Hill both wrecked. And he snucked his wrecked, his wrecked car around Austin Hill there, I guess because Austin went more laps down or whatever. Um, let's see, Austin Hill finished 
19 laps down, and Connor Daly finished one lap down. So he Austin Hill is in that wreck, unfortunately, from Kyle Busch, and that ended it for him, which is a shame. Um, but for Connor Daly, congratulations. You guys had a bunch of issues. You had issues with your car before qualifying, then when you're rolling out on the duels, the thing looks like it's trying to bunny hop going down the back stretch, and uh, you guys made it in the show, so that's awesome. I hope that works out for Connor. I don't think that that can be bad for NASCAR to have somebody that drives in another discipline over here uh, running the Daytona 500, so pumped for him. Curious to see how that goes. I'm not sure, you know, what I think about him, you know, if it's going to be like a, a, a good thing and work out for competitiveness, but Definitely excited for that. So we'll see what happens. Congratulations to them. And, uh, you know, that pretty much wraps it up for the duels, guys. So uh, basically, we're we're really closing it down here on the pre-race show. Uh, after the duels, kind of the notes we have here is Penske looked pretty solid in qualifying uh, <clears throat> and in the duels. Um, you know, can't argue with that. Um Ford looked pretty good. Ford's looked pretty racy to me. Um, so, you know, those are that's what you need to be looking for. Come 500 on Sunday. Those are the ones that's probably going to race pretty good. So uh, you got that, and then you don't want to be anywhere near Daniel Suarez because he's probably going to wreck somebody and cause a big one. So that's kind of your main topics to look out for on Sunday that I was going to give you guys out of the duels. Um, so moving on from the duels they do have two practices they had one today i'm recording this on friday they had one today they have one on saturday which is tomorrow you know they'll get them all right i'm sure uh, i bet bowman and larson's cars probably had to have the most work out of anybody out there i know that bowman said his uh rear suspension was just really hard so um i'm sure that that's gonna create that for him but my <laughs> god um They'll have that thing fixed up and ready to go. So, in the lineup, you're going to have row one, two Chevys, Bowman and Larson. Like we said, they won their deal on the pole there. Uh, row two, two Fords. <laughs> if you look up here, there's Chevys on the front row, and then there's a lot of Fords. A lot of Fords. Um, you have, in the top ten, you have one, two... Three, four, five, six Fords, three Chevys, and one Toyota. Like, Ford's going to be good, guys. Um, can't argue with that. So, um, other than that, for the Daytona 500 lineup there, like I was telling you guys, that Chris Bush or Brad Keselowski, row five right there, I'll be watching that. That's going to be wild, okay? It's going to be wild, I'm telling you. Um, those are the ones you're going to want to watch. Uh, other than that, congratulations to Corey LaJoy there. He's starting in 12th. Uh, you guys know, if you watch NASCAR, he tried to win in Atlanta last year, and Chase ran him in the fence. So uh, he's a pretty good little plate racer. He's got a chance. That would be pretty awesome if Corey LaJoy in the 7 could somehow get the win in the Celsius Energy car. Um, that would be I, – I, I would really enjoy that, uh, as well as I think most you know fans would. So – I uh, hope they have a good performance. Other than that, Kevin Harvick starting 13th in his last ever Daytona 500 uh, as he's going to hang it up after this. Zane Smith is the highest open car starting in 17th. Um, you have Jimmy Johnson is going to start in... If I can find it. 
Uh, Jimmy Johnson is going to start in row 20 um, with Travis Pastrana. So uh, I guess that's just where they shook out. Uh, Jimmy was back there, didn't really, he's kind of just riding, didn't want to tear his car up. Uh, interesting thing about Jimmy that I meant to tell you guys, he did qualify better than both of his, his legacy MC teammates, and he hadn't been in a car in three years. Uh, just don't forget that one. Um, coming through there, that's pretty much the notes. Uh, you got Kyle Busch is going to be starting in the back. Curious to see if he rides. He's not a rider, so I don't think he will, but I am curious to see if maybe he rides in the back for a little bit because it's, you know, going to be probably kind of difficult. So maybe he will, maybe he won't. We'll see what happens to that. That'll be something curious to watch on the start of the race on Sunday. So, um, now is the part of the show where we get to what all you guys want to hear. Um, my picks and predictions for the Daytona 500. That's what you all want to hear. I know. Don't lie. You know it's true. You know it's true. I have some real bold ones and I have some real not bold ones. Uh, first prediction. I think that the choose rule is going to be very interesting in this deal. I really think you're going to see manufacturers line up inside and outside. I think you might see Chevy versus Ford, and I think the Toyotas will probably go with the Fords because they need to be there for the numbers. Um, if you look at the com composure, the com what the, what the field's made up of car-wise, 18 Chevrolets, 7 Toyotas, 15 Fords. Um, I'm, I'm just curious to see if, you know, they decide they want to run this thing green and kind of do the backwards fuel strategy. Um, if we have a restart, they may all line up together and just make their trains and race each other. I would like to see it. I know it'd be different than what we've seen, but I, I'm kind of curious to see uh, what the effect of the choose is. I think it's going to end up being dramatic, and there might be some wonky-looking stuff that we haven't seen. That's kind of my prediction on the that, that it's going to be wonky, and you're going to be like, what in the heck are we doing? Um... So there's that one. Um, other than that, uh, I was going to point out the weather. I'm going to. It says 20% chance of rain. I'm going to go ahead and say we're going to have at least one caution for weather during the race, and that we're going to get the whole race in. So uh, be ready for a long night. Um, big one. What stage will the big one occur in? I'm going to pick stage three this year. Actually, I tend to believe more in like stage one because I think the guys that cause it have no talent. They tend to wreck early in the race. But this year, I'm going to go with stage three. Uh, cautions. This is not going to include the two for the stage breaks. I'm talking about wreck cautions, not like natural cautions. Eight. I'm going to go with eight. I think that's a little bit higher probably than it's been, but that's what I'm going to go with. I think that chopping a little bit of that spoiler off is going to be rough and i think that some of these guys are really going to be driving over their head i think last year it wasn't that bad but they were a little bit scared to wreck their cars because they didn't have the parts and components back at the shop you know we were going into a new car so um <clears throat> i think it ought to be pretty interesting but i'm gonna go with eight cautions you heard it here first eight cautions eight natural cautions that doesn't include the stage breaks okay um Stage one winner, <sighs> Joey Logano. Uh, it's it's it is what it is. Uh, stage two winner, Joey Logano. I'm gonna take him again. I think Joey's gonna win stage one, stage two. Um, what do y'all think I'm gonna say for the winner? 
Just kidding. We're going to talk about that at the very end of this podcast. I'm being an ass. Um, I'm going to say for how many cars finished the lead lap on the lead lap. I'm going to go with 16. And I'm going to say that most of them have tape on them. I think it's going to be a pretty uh, chaotic race. I don't think it's going to be a bunch of little cautions. I think it's going to be like two or three big ones. So, um, you know, we'll see. But I think that the biggest of the big ones are going to happen in stage three. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of all I've really got prediction-wise for the Daytona 500. Uh, You guys probably don't really care who I'm picking for a winner. Um, Just kidding. That's the one that you really care about. Uh, For my Daytona 500 winner, this is what I was teasing on my episode. I told you guys that that was going to be the biggest surprise of the 2023 NASCAR season was going to be the the winner of the Daytona 500. And... I'm just gonna this. I'm I'm gonna go full disclosure here. The reason I didn't renounce my pick is because I wanted to make sure that he made the race. Um, I figured he would, but I wasn't sure, um, and I didn't want to come on this podcast and tell you he was gonna win if he didn't even qualify. So I waited, but I'm taking Jimmy Johnson to win this race. <sighs> you heard it here. Jimmy Johnson is gonna win the Daytona 500. Um. I know that's a pretty bold statement. I do have some reasons. I think Jimmy... Jimmy's not your standard unretired comeback guy. Jimmy never retired. Jimmy left NASCAR and went and ran a limited schedule in IndyCar because that's what Jimmy wanted to do, right? Jimmy didn't find the success that he thought he was going to a NASCAR or running the IMSA in the starts he did, right? He didn't find those, those things, but... For Jimmy Johnson to come back to NASCAR and race, in my opinion, Jimmy Johnson didn't come back and race Cup um, for anybody but himself. Uh, I think he came back to prove to himself that he still can, that he can still compete. And I think he's going to. I really do. I think um, I think they're probably going to be somewhat conservative uh, for the first little bit of that race. Um, and uh, probably ride in the back. Um, I think I kind of expect him and his teammates there and Noah Gregson and Eric Jones to ride in the back, but um, I expect them to kind of get together. And truth be told, I think Noah Gregson's the one that pushes Jimmy Johnson to this win. I think um, I think Noah, even though a lot of people think he's a disrespectful prick, I think that he probably has a lot of respect for Jimmy. And I think that, you know, he's. I really think Noah's going to push him across the line to win it. That's, that's what I think is going to happen. Um, I think he's going to be locked on his bumper. I don't think he's going to make a move on him. I think that uh, there's probably going to be some Fords up there, and I think they're going to make a move, and I think Jimmy and uh, Noah's coming through for the win. That's my prediction. You heard it here first. Now, after that happens, that's when we're going to have some real serious conversations. I don't know, but did Jimmy declare for points? I, you know, Can he race for points? If Jimmy comes out and won the Daytona 500, he's probably going to try to run for points. I, I, you know, I really don't know that he will. I, he should, in my opinion. If he comes out and he wins the Daytona 500, I hope that he races every race this year full-time and they figure it out and he runs this thing for points because that would be awesome. You know, we don't want... I know it's a wild chance for that part. I don't think it's wild to say he'll win the race. I really don't. I know 
it's not conventional wisdom, but I think Jimmy came back to win. I think that he's going to win just to prove it to himself. I, I, I think that's why he's there. Um, and I think he'll have the help from the teammates. So, like I said, but, you know, if he does do that, and my prediction is correct, we have to really consider the points and, you know, the chase for eight. So, um, I'm curious to see how it goes. It'd be wild if I was right. You know, it's like picking a lottery winner, picking somebody to win at Daytona. But, I, you know, I think there's a chance. So, we'll see what happens. And, you know, I wish Jimmy the best. And uh, I hope he wins, and I really am picking him. So, uh, it's not just for my my sister, who's just a diehard. Oh, it's just because that's actually who I feel like is going to win the race. So, um, that's the prediction. That's what you guys all came for. So, other than that, um, guys, tune in. Watch the race. Have a great time. Drink a beer. Maybe a Coke, whatever you want to drink. Fire up the grill. That's what racing's about. Racing's about sitting back, having a good time with your friends, family, um, enjoying your time. So that's if if it, that wasn't part of it, I probably wouldn't like it as much as I do. But I do really enjoy that part of it, and um, y'all should too. It's it's a good good thing to hang out and enjoy with the fam. So sit back, relax. Enjoy the Daytona 500. Come back over here on Tuesday. I'll have you a little breakdown podcast. If you come back on Monday, we'll have the uh, the Dirty Talk episode. Where we're going to talk about Volusia and all things that happened there. A little bit of Water Outlaws point standings. Um, you know, we'll kind of break that down in the upcoming weeks. So, um, thank you guys for tuning in. Jimmy Johnson's going to win. If you guys want to get on FanDuel, place your bets. Feel free. Uh, I am not an expert. Don't blame me. You know, disclaimer, all of this nonsense is not professional advice, okay? I don't know what to do, but I think Jimmy's going to win it. That's what I think is going to happen. That's my pick. So y'all can go ahead and mark that down. Um, oh, one other thing. Somebody wanted to make a pick for the Xfinity race. I'm going to go with Justin Allgaier. Um, I would pick the truck race, but it's on lap 74 of 100 right now under red flag for rain as I record this podcast. So I'm not going to make a pick in that, but... um. You know, we'll see what happens. So, thank you guys for tuning in. Come back, listen to us on Monday for Dirt, Tuesday for NASCAR, and uh, y'all enjoy the 500. Appreciate you listening. You've been listening to a production of Crazy Casper Media. Thank you guys for tuning in. As one final reminder, all Ask Nine opinions are solely those of your host, Casper the Ghost, and I am not affiliated with any race teams or businesses only blame me you guys have a good night thanks bye